Podcast, the landowner podcast to empower you with inspiration, new perspectives, and quick tips for your forest management and land ownership journey. Cut your trees with the end in mind. And by the end, I do mean to make sure it is intentionally aligning with your goals. But specifically, today I'm talking about reforestation. But wait, we're not there yet. We haven't even settled on to sell our timber yet or not. And listen, that's fine. I'm not trying to add another what if one more thing I need to add to the never ending list of decisions and things to consider. But just listen up a little bit longer because this concept will actually save you time, money, and decision fatigue in the future. Many landowners go through the process of, I'm going to sell my timber. And depending if they utilized a consultant and a contract, which I always recommend you do, will depend on how stressful or peaceful that process was. With never even giving a second thought to the next steps outside of, yeah, I know we need to replant. A good consultant, of course, will start planting the seed of considerations for reforestation. And perhaps you even are planning to work with them to execute that process. But it is also in this traditional mindset of thinking, sell the timber, harvest the timber, worry about reforestation after, that leaves many landowners postponing their planting jobs longer than originally intended. Or even worse, going years without ever thinking and ever taking action, left with a hot mess to decide on what to do that will now be more expensive no matter the decision. Because selling your timber is a lot of work. Even if you are working with a consultant, which again, you should be, but the fact is it's going to take longer than you think if you do it right. And during that time, you're gonna go through an internal emotional roller coaster, knowing you made the right decision, but with doubts and what ifs creeping in, and then to see the complete remodeled transformation of those woods, I get it. It can hurt the heart if you stay focused on that devastation. Check out episode nine if you wanna hear how to shift your perspective on perceived logging destructions, and maybe you are struggling with that mindset. So check that out, and I really think that'll help. But today's episode will help you a lot out as well, because planning with the end in mind means you are now lifting your eyes and not settling on the operation you're working through, but rather on the future. Because planting is for the future. Now, what that future looks like is completely up to your land type and your goals. You're reaping what you or those before you sowed in years past. You're getting the large profit returns of the timberland investment financial sustainability is heavily reliant on. But you're also providing a slew of other wildlife benefits through the ecological succession reset. And as we're about to focus on in a little more grit in a minute, the next forest is to come. Now, I'm not going to pretend a lot of reforestation isn't dependent on how the logging operation works out. The timeline events will be heavily dependent on when logging finishes because you obviously can't plant while you're still cutting. The most obvious reason is your trees would get utterly destroyed from the equipment. And also because you need time to let the ground settle out and prepare for site prep, the foundation your trees will grow in to give them the best start. Your exact site prep recommendations, although can be estimated, also won't be able to be solidified until after operations are completed because you'll need to determine how quote unquote messy the job left is at the deck and how much debris remains to clean up or work around and also to see what and how intense the vegetation comes back. 
Early successional vegetation can be different than what you had as an understory in your mature forest. Will you be able to estimate the potential competition that may need to be controlled those first few years? Sure. If you had a ton of blackberry thickets in your mature forest state, you can bet your dollar's bottom that you will have those thorny, bittersweet monsters coming back. If you had sweet gum saplings present in your understory before, again, you can count on those numbers doubling at the very least. But if you had a very shaded and limited understory with some salt palmettos and some gallberry, you can count that they're still going to be present, but what else pops up now that everything is exposed to full sunlight? And that's what we want to see. But we're talking about the end in mind, before you even cut a tree or sign a contract. So what can you do? Since so far everything I've said is, well it depends. You can decide what your goals are for reforestation. Are they the same as this harvest, or are they different? Do you want to generate some intermediate revenue from pine straw, or is that not an option based on your land type? What type of trees do you want to replant in? And thinking with the end in mind, before you cut a tree or assign a contract again, this is the time to consider if you want to change your age class diversity and start the game board for persistent revenue through timber sales. So for example, if you have 200 acres of pine of similar age and volume, you might be thinking whacking the entire 200, of course, but I mean, that is a pretty penny right there. And you have that right. But if you're trying to set up the property for your children, perhaps before you cut those trees is probably a great time to get their input on the intensity level they want to be involved managing the land and how they wish to receive money from the land. Do they want it all at once? Or do they want to set up a system and steady revenue stream, say every two, five, or 10 years? Now with 200 acres, every two years, of course, wouldn't really be feasible operationally, but the others aren't impossible. But they won't have that option nearly as well if you ask them after the harvest and sale has completed. So what are your goals for the tract in the future? After that is determined, along with your land type, of course, you'll be able to have a more solid conversation on what species to plant and what density level. You can start estimating how much it's going to cost for the reforestation, without cost share, of course. So you can set up the appropriate funding to the side from the sale. Now that you have the rough idea of what you want to plant, or perhaps some general ideas of what site prep might be needed to consider, you can also start those conversations with your NRCS agent about cost share programs. Depending on when the logging operation is starting and finishing, along with your cost share deadline, you can get the paperwork started and apply for the best practices and programs you would be eligible for. You won't be fully eligible until at least operations start. But there's nothing that says you can't start the conversations going, so you won't be up against a time crunch or even worse, delaying your reforestation plans, quote unquote, waiting to see if you are accepted. Apply for Kosher. Throw your hate in the ring, but don't be dependent on that funding to follow through with your work. This is something your consultant can also help you navigate by providing you a written plan, advice on which programs might be a good fit for you. Additionally, there might even be some extra clauses or considerations on who you have logged your property based on your next step plans. And what I mean by this is I'm talking about that extra logging debris and maybe chipping. 
Now this is not applicable to all crews or may not even be needed on your site. But based on your goals, on your plans, do you need a cleaner site afterwards? Shipping can save hundreds of dollars on site prep and other management needs because you're removing all of that extra slash and debris, primarily left at the logging deck. And if you're harvesting a hardwood or a natural stand, you can just about guarantee it will be a messier job with a lot of remaining slash piled up at that deck. And you can have them spread the slash out to help with erosion problems or for your own personal reasons, which may require root rake later in site prep though. You can also have them pile all of your tree slash up, which could save you in some major raking needs and leave you with a pile to work around or potentially burn down. Again, which will have some costs associated with it. But you can also have a chipper accompany the logging crew or get a chipping crew in addition that there can be some money in chips, but it's very minimal. So don't count on making a huge profit bump from this, but it can save you hundreds of dollars in mechanical site prep needs at reforestation. On the flip side of the timber sale, you may be looking at a little less stumpage rate in your wallet though. This has nothing to do with having a chipper decrease your rate automatically, but simply a logger to logger comparison. For example, if you have one who operates directly with the mill and the other that doesn't, but would be sending the load to the same mill. It just makes sense that the direct connection will likely pay you a little bit more than those who has to take into consideration their own additional profit margin. So in one case, you may get paid more upfront for your timber, but no chipper to remove the extra slash. And the other, you're getting a little less upfront, but reducing your potential costs later. So which is better? It's neither here or there. But you can see how understanding your reforestation's rough plans and goals are for that site can dictate what is a better option for you to consider in a situation that may never have even looked at the options in the same lens. Now, here again is a comforting statement, or at least it should be. You don't have to figure this all out on your own. In fact, I don't want you to, because if you're like me, you will end up down a downward spiral rabbit hole, starting to doubt your own decisions and getting overwhelmed and then stuck into this analysis paralysis, too hesitant to move forward in any direction with fear that it's the wrong step. And this is exactly what your consultant forester is here for, to help you, to guide you, and of course, to get to know the operations executed appropriately. But the more you know, the better conversations you can now have with your forester. One, to know you got the right fit. And two, to grow your confidence in the process for less regret, less what if questions in your head. And three, for true contentment and satisfaction in the process. The more effective your questions are, and by that I mean asking more than why, or what do you think, but saying, this is what I want for the future. How can we get there? Now is a different conversation between you and your trusted consultant. So you tell me if you've done a timber sale, have you done it with the end in mind or did you figure that out afterwards? If you're looking towards a timber sale, will you now take a step back and think about the reforestation? Keeping the end in mind might dictate what you do today. Maybe it does change things, maybe it doesn't but you now have eyes wide open and with a plan. Don't forget, if you're enjoying these episodes, give us a shout out on social media or even send me an email at landonladies at gmail.com. Then go share with friends and family and give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time.